Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Merry Christmas. In Matthew chapter 2, we read, quote, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? If we are to be wise men and wise women, we must have the same question in our heart. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Let's open our Bible now that we too may go on a new and meaningful and life-changing journey with Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching and Merry Christmas. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's Christmas Eve and... Uh, no better time to be uh, thinking about Jesus, loving on Jesus, just looking to know Jesus better, looking to love him more, looking to, uh, to walk with him more intimately, more deeply, and more obediently. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, today we'll, we'll wrap up our series on the Advent. Today is actually the, the last day of Advent, Christmas Eve. So uh, Hopefully you're excited. Hopefully you've been reflecting on Jesus. Hopefully you've been um, just thinking about him and all the ramifications of what it means about his arrival, his coming 2,000 years ago. And, and again, hopefully that's been, uh, that's been something you've been thinking about and, and adjusting your lifestyle accordingly. It's something that a kingdom discipleship we've been talking about intently. Um, reading uh, Advent scriptures, um, talking about it in Bible studies, and, and you know, and each one of us is um, trying to live in a more intentional way for Jesus. So, thank you, Lord Jesus. And then, of course, there's the his his second coming, right? The second Advent, so to speak, when Jesus will come again. And we we talked about the the different ramifications of that. So. Well, Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your wonder. We thank you for your love, Father. Above all, we thank you for Jesus, Father. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you, Father, for this day where we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, our Master, our King, our God, the Son of God, God the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you, Lord for willingly entering this world 2,000 years ago as, a, as an infant, as a baby. Lord Jesus, we thank you for going on to live a perfect, righteous life on our behalf that we could never live. We thank you for dying a torturous death on our behalf and in our place that we should have died. And we thank you that you're alive and risen. And we worship you today our risen Savior. We praise you, Lord Jesus, and we, we thank you, Lord, again, Lord. We celebrate your birth, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now. Give us eyes to see Jesus, ears to hear him, hearts to know him better. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Okay, so we're just going to read some scriptures this morning, and we're going to talk about... Uh, we're going to talk about the, 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 the story of the wise men, and, uh, and hopefully every one of us will be inspired to go on a journey, a new journey, to, 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 to find Jesus in a more deep 
and profound and intimate way to experience him, to experience his love, to experience his goodness, to experience his grace, to experience his discipline, to experience his majesty, right? To experience him as our Lord and Savior, that we might know him more, that we might know his love more, that we might love him more, that we might please him more, that we might obey him more. And in this, in this journey, you know, this journey of life and growing to know Jesus is where we find meaning. And it's really the only place that we can ultimately find true, genuine, eternal meaning. It's only in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So it's exciting. So again, we're going to read the story in Luke chapter two, um, and I'm just going to read it the Christmas story of the birth of Jesus. And then we're going to read and, and, and study uh, the story of the wise man in Matthew chapter 2. So for right now, I'm simply going to read Luke 2, and I'm going to go through verse 7. Luke 2, verse 7, uh, verses 1 to 7. Chapter 2 in Luke. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So again, we see here again, this is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, the birth of Jesus. Um, you see that again, that that Jesus chose to be born in the humblest and lowliest of ways. Um, again, in his first coming, in the first advent, in his first arrival, Jesus came in just in humility, right? He came um, as, a, as a human man. Remember, he is fully God, almighty God, and chose to add humanity to his deity. Um, he comes in the humblest of ways, in the most vulnerable of ways, and is born in a just in, you know, and again, in, in an unthinkable humility, right? He could have been, he could have chosen to be born in, in the richest place in the world, in the most affluent place, in the most comfortable place. But you see that, that he enters the world, um, the parents that he chose Mary and Joseph. Now remember, Joseph is his stepfather because God is his father, because God the Holy Spirit made Mary pregnant, right? Um, God the Holy Spirit simply willed it, he thought it, and Mary was pregnant, right? Um, and Joseph was chosen to be his, his earthly stepfather. Uh, Matthew tells us that, uh, chapter one, that Joseph was a, a righteous man. He had, he had a lifestyle of just of wanting to consistently do what was right in every way. And we see that beautifully displayed in Matthew 1, uh, verses 18 to, to 25. So, all right, now I'm going to go on and read uh, 
verses 8 to, to 20, which is going to be the story of, uh, of the shepherds and the appearance of the angels, right? Verse 8, Luke 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And, and that ought to be our heart today. That ought to be our heart this Christmas, right? The heart of a shepherd. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Father, we do praise you. We worship you. We thank you. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you and we love you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Christmas time ought to be a time of, of praise and thanksgiving for Jesus, for our Savior, right? The angel told them, a Savior has been born to you. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Again, the reason we praise him and we glorify him is because we understand our desperate need of a Savior, our desperate need to be rescued. The more we really understand how sinful our sin really is, and that without a Savior to rescue us, only an eternity in hell awaits. The deeper we understand that, the more we will love Jesus, the more thankful we will be for Jesus, the more we will certainly praise him and worship him and thank him. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, so in light of all this now, how ought we to live? Okay, how ought we to live? And so we're going we're gonna to read and we're just going to break down a little bit uh, the story of the wise men. Okay, um, and you notice that here in Luke, when the shepherds come, they find the baby, right? Verse 16, so they hurried off and found Mary, Joseph, and the baby who was lying in the manger. Okay, so that's Luke 2, 16. Now, the wise men, right, we, uh, you know, we, we see the manger scenes, but the manger scenes are not historically accurate. They're beautiful scenes, and that's fine. But Jesus is not a baby anymore. When the wise men get to Jesus, he is around two years old already. So, and, and we're going to see in this text that they see a young child, a child. Um, he's not a baby anymore. So, 
All right. And again, the whole point of this is like the wise men, we want to go on a journey. We our, our lives are a journey, right? You've heard the you know, you've heard the the statement, uh, the journey is the destination, right? We're, we're not trying to arrive at a particular event. It's the destination. It's the day-to-day walk, the day-to-day journey and, and walking for Jesus and living for Jesus and loving for Jesus and giving for Jesus and forgiving for Jesus. And that ought to be the heart of Christmas, right? Celebrating Jesus and then having a greater desire to live for him and love for him and give for him and and forgive for him, for him, for Jesus and everything. All right, Matthew chapter two, verses one to 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem and the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warmed in a dream, that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Okay. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So again, these are wise men. And there's only there's only one thing that makes you a, a wise man or a wise woman, or certainly that'll make me a wise man. And that is, is going on this journey with Jesus and living our lives as a journey to know Jesus and to walk with Jesus, and to find and know Jesus in a more deep and intimate and powerful way. Certainly the journey cannot begin until you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The journey has not begun if you have not yet come to understand your need of a Savior. God has given his word. The Bible is clear. It's unambiguous. Romans 3.23 says that every human being is sinful and has fallen short of God's holy standard. We need a savior. We need to be rescued. We need to be rescued from an eternity in hell, separated from God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. We need a savior. The scripture is clear that we are hopeless, helpless, and desperate. Without a savior, we have no hope of of eternal life, 
All that awaits us again is the wrath of our Heavenly Father and an eternity in hell. So have you come to understand your need of a Savior? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? God has given his word. The Bible is clear that our God, God the Son, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, entered this world as we just read of his own will and decision. He chose to become a human man and live a perfect, righteous life on our behalf, on behalf of all humanity, a righteous life we could never live, a righteous life we needed to live. He then chose to die a torturous death on the cross as payment for the sin of the world, a death that we deserve to die, a death that we should have died. And he was then raised from the dead and he is indeed alive and risen today. When you believe in Jesus, and to believe in Jesus means to trust in Jesus, to rely on Jesus, to literally be clinging to Jesus alone for the forgiveness of your sins, the salvation of your soul, deliverance from the wrath of God, deliverance from eternal hell, and to bring you to heaven when you die. When you have your full confidence in Jesus for those things, and he's living in your heart, right? Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not our words that save us, but we use our words to communicate our heart to Jesus. Have you called out to him? Have you genuinely called out to Jesus and asked him to be the Lord of your life? Have you asked him to come into your heart to be the Lord of your life, to forgive you of your sin and to bring you to heaven when you die? Are you genuinely trusting in Jesus Christ alone today? When you receive Jesus Christ, right? John 1.12 says, yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you genuinely receive him, that perfect righteous life that Jesus lived when he walked the earth is actually credited to you or credited to me, as if we lived it. We didn't live it, but it's actually credited to us or accounted to us as if we did live it. And all of our sin, past, present, and even our future sin that we did commit, certainly, and have committed, is credited to Jesus at the cross. Think about that. That exchange my sinful, disobedient life, past sin, present sin, future sin, is all credited or accounted to Jesus at the cross. He opened his arms at the cross and took all of our sin into himself. And that perfect righteous life he lived is credited to us. That exchange, that incredible, unthinkable exchange is the heart of Christmas. It's the heart of the Christian gospel. So this journey with Jesus begins with receiving him. And again, if you're not sure that you're trusting in Jesus today, you can stop the tape, call out to him now and just ask him, Lord Jesus, I do believe you are the son of God. I do believe that you did come into this world. I do believe that you lived a perfect righteous life for me. 
I believe you died a torturous death for me. And Lord Jesus, I believe you're alive and risen today. And I ask you now, Lord, I humbly ask you now to come into my heart, to be the Lord of my life, to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and trust and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So again, if you're not sure, use the words that I used. But again, it's the genuineness, the sincerity of our hearts, not just puppeting words that, of course, matters to our Heavenly Father, right? All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. All right. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So in, in preparation for this, it's, uh, it's around 2,700 kilometers from the east. East would have been Babylon, modern day Iran, right? Um, and so the journey, they go on a journey from modern day, again, Iran, right? Iran, uh, from Babylon to to Bethlehem. It's around 2,700 kilometers, somewhere around, you know, 1,600 miles. If you have camels, and the camels can do around, historians say, somewhere around, you know, 30 miles a day in those days, um, you know, it would have been around a four to five month journey. And why are they going on this journey? They're going on a journey because they're, they're desperate to find Jesus. They want to find Jesus. They want to find Jesus. And when they find, find him, you can see that they fall on their knees to worship him. Okay. They're going on a 1600 mile journey. That's a long way because they want to know Jesus. And that ought to be the call of our life. That ought to be the cause of our, of our life. This is what makes these wise men, and this is the only thing that will make us wise men and wise women, if we ourselves are on a journey to walk with Jesus, to know Jesus, to love Jesus more and more and more and more. Wow. It's amazing. If you have a heart to go on a journey to walk with Jesus, if you truly desire and you say, you know what, I do want to walk with Jesus, but I want to know him more. I want to desire him more Then you can pray for that as well. Just ask your heavenly father, help me. Give me even a greater desire, Lord. Help me to be in your word. Help me to know Jesus better, father. I want to desire Jesus. I want to go on a lifelong journey to walk with Jesus more and more and more. Because if you have that heart, your heavenly father will move heaven and earth to create the space for you to, to know Jesus better, to walk with him more deeply, to be in fellowship and community with other believers, other disciples who want to be disciplined followers of Jesus, to bring you into a community um, you know, where the word of God, where the Bible is at the center, where, where men and women are looking to grow to know Jesus and grow to love him and grow to please him, right? Look what it says here. They were, they were 2,700 kilometers, 1,600 miles away. And they tell the king, for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. You would have thought Herod would have rejoiced. Look what it says. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. Not rejoicing, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. 
And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel, Jesus. Um, it's interesting. From Jerusalem to Bethlehem is somewhere around seven miles. Six to seven miles is how far Herod and all the religious leaders, all the pastors and all the elders and all the big shots of Jesus's day were around six to seven miles. They had no idea. Jesus is almost two years old now, and they had no idea because they, they didn't have a heart to know Jesus. They didn't care about Jesus. They certainly weren't on a journey to, to find Jesus and to know him and to love him and to walk with him and to receive him as savior. It's interesting. God the Father moved a star 1,600 miles, 2,700 kilometers for men who had a heart to find Jesus and know Jesus. But men who were seven miles away from Jesus, they have no idea what's going on. You see what I'm getting at? Again, we want to have a heart and a desire to walk with Jesus and to know Jesus. And again, it will, it's going to take effort, right? That's a journey, right? 2,700 kilometers, 1,600 miles is quite the journey, right? And it's, you know, and, and journeys are not easy. You have ups, you have downs. Golly, this is a, can you imagine going on camels and on foot for 1,600 miles? That's what makes us wise men or wise women is when we use our life as a, as a, as a consistent and growing and more meaningful journey in walking with Jesus, right? And discovering Jesus more and more and more and more, knowing him more, studying the scriptures more, obeying him more, right? So again, seven miles away and all the big religious leaders and the king have no idea that the savior has been born. Why? Because they don't have a heart. They're indifferent toward it. And actually when they find out they're not happy, they're troubled. Yet these men are far off in another country you know, and and yet the Lord moves a star, our Heavenly Father moves a star 1,600 miles to lead them to Christ. So again, no matter where you are today, how far off you think you are, your Heavenly Father is drawing you and drawing you only to Jesus. God the Father, Almighty God, is drawing every single human being to this house in Bethlehem, to Jesus. Every human being, all 8 billion people in the world, everyone that's ever lived is being drawn to Jesus in this same way. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Herod is not being sincere here. He's, he feels threatened by this. Um, the prophets know, right? The, uh, the chief priests didn't know that Jesus, it's been two years now that Jesus is living. They had no idea, um, but they know what the Bible says. They know what the Bible says. 
if they don't have a heart for Jesus. And that, that, that can be one of the most dangerous things in the life of, of, a, of a man or woman is to, is to know the words of the Bible, but to really not know Jesus or have a heart for Jesus. They know. The king calls them, says, where is the Christ to be born? They say in Bethlehem. For the prophet said, but you, O Bethlehem, are not the least out of you will come a ruler. Mm. Wow. Herod is jealous. And, and you'll see as the as the story goes on that, that he's actually going to have all the boys in the vicinity, two years old and younger, destroyed, killed, slaughtered. Mm. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. All right. Now, again, we don't have time for this today, but for some reason, the star gets stuck in Jerusalem. So they have to go to the, you know, to the king. They have to go to the, you know, the palace because they want to know where the Christ has been born. They know, they know more about it than they do, but the prophets say in Bethlehem. And so, you know, after they see the king, then the star keeps moving. I don't know why the star just couldn't, couldn't go right from where they were in, in uh, Persia and Iran and Babylon all the way straight to Bethlehem, but instead the star gets stuck. Um, and again, sometimes when we're on a journey, you know, um, there may be paths the Lord leads us into that won't be altogether pleasant, right? Mm. When they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. Again, God the Father is moving a star. That's kind of a big deal, right? I don't believe anyone has the power to do that, right? Save our triune God. Remember, triune God, one being, three distinct individuals, separate persons. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, right? One being, three distinct persons, right? Wow. He moves the star, see? Again, and... And the greater our heart to know Jesus, the more he'll move heaven and earth for us in the same way. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Now you notice in Luke, it was a baby. Here now it's a young child. Jesus is around two years old. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And that ought to be our heart this Christmas, to rejoice with exceedingly great joy. For we're celebrating the birth of our Savior, knowing that he grew up and lived for us and died for us and rose from the dead and paid the price for our deliverance from sin, our deliverance from eternal hell, our deliverance from the wrath of God the Father, and to bring us to heaven when we die. Mm. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And again, that ought to be our heart. When you're on this journey for Jesus, fall down and worship him. It's a good thing. Get down on your knees once, twice a day in prayer, right? Pray on your knees, worship him on your knees, praise him and thank him on your knees. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Man, on this journey with Jesus, do you have a heart to give your treasures to Jesus? What are your treasures? 
They laid their treasures at the feet of Jesus. Shamefully, many of our treasures, right? We just, we don't have a heart to give them to Jesus. We use them for our own lives, our own comforts, our own desires. We want to, as wise men and wise women, you want to use your treasures. What are our treasures? Our time is a treasure to us. Our gifts and talents, our skills and abilities, those are treasures. And our money is certainly one of our treasures. We want to increasingly more and more lay these at the feet of Jesus and use them. Use your time, your talents, and your money in the service of Jesus and his kingdom. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And you want to open your treasures this Christmas and present Jesus with your time, your talents, and your money, little by little, more by more, in the coming days, months, years, decades, all the days of our life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. And there it is. There it is, a journey to walk with Jesus. Are you going to go on that journey this Christmas? Let's go on a journey again. Let's begin this journey anew and afresh. Let's open our Bible. Let's spend time in our Bible. Let's spend time in prayer and praise and worship and fellowship and community, right? Let's grow to know Jesus and grow to walk with him more deeply and more intimately as we spend more and more time with him. And certainly let's use our time, our talents, and our money more and more in his service. And there, there may be difficulties along the way. There certainly will be. But just keep going. Just keep moving forward in your journey for Jesus, right? Going, going deeper in your walk with Jesus. Growing to know him. Growing to obey him more and more and more. There is indeed nothing in our lives. Nothing in our lives that is more fulfilling, more purposeful, and will have more value than journeying to walk with Jesus more and more. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the advent, Lord. We thank you for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you this Christmas, Lord. Lord Jesus, help us to be wise men and women. Help us, Lord, to walk with you. Draw us unto you, Jesus. We want to walk with you more deeply, Lord. We want to know you more deeply. We want to please you and obey you more and more in every aspect of our lives. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us now that we might know Jesus better. Give us eyes to see Jesus, ears to hear, hear him, hearts to know him and love him, and to use our time, our gifts and talents, and our money more and more in his service. Jesus, we worship you and praise you. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen.